Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Maintain Reliable Talk podcast. Right, this is all new to me, guys. Um, and yeah, do you know what? I do. I love to talk about reliability, and do you know what? Sometimes I can talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> so this is probably the a good outlet for me. Do you know what I mean? To actually. Um, you know, portray my thoughts on reliability and sort of maybe share some experiences that we've experienced in the reliability sector and obviously starting a business and condition monitoring and the services that we provide. Um, and yeah, do you know what? Like what I plan to do with this podcast is eventually grow it to the stage where we can actually get some really good guests on and we can inspire some really good conversations around reliability and sort of maintenance and stuff like that. And do you know what? Success stories, horror stories as well. We want to hear it all. Do you know what I mean? In terms of what we got. Because I think as well, it's so important to understand where things have gone wrong to be able to learn from them as well. Because nothing ever really is perfect. And we can all learn a little bit more, let's be honest. And I think... Um, we got to break down our egos a little bit to think, oh, this is the right way. To be honest, there's no right or wrong way of doing things. Um, there's obviously good practice and bad practice. I understand that. But obviously, we need to inspire and talk about different ways of working and different ways of like how condition monitoring techniques and, you know, maintenance can be implemented to maybe create a more harmonious place in maintenance as well. Because I feel like a lot of the time, you know, I feel, you know, um, maintenance is something that you've got less guys on the maintenance teams nowadays I find especially with a lot of the customers that we work with and time is a problem in terms of just getting stuff done and I think there's two elements that really like damage the time aspect in terms of like efficiencies within a running plant and that's if you've got too many ppms and they're not effective and you've got people doing things they don't necessarily need to be doing or you're in a reactive state where you're still trying to keep up with the reactivity of the plant and you can't actually put yourself in a proactive mode to prevent them happening in the future. So, you know, a very paradoxical um, environment there because you can't get ahead because you're still trying to catch up with the stuff that you're reacting to. So you can't be proactive in the future. So, yeah, this podcast is really, I mean, this this episode is the first episode and it's really just an introduction, I think. I think, do you know what? Let's do a podcast where you can get to know me. Because I'm obviously, um, I will be here sort of weekly is the aim um, at first. I don't know how this is going to plan out yet, but I like to, you know what, I'm just d diving in the deep end and seeing sort of what happens from here. So I think the best way to start off this podcast, which I've named it Reliable Talk, which is a cool name. But I mean, I think the best way to start off was just give you my journey my story from engineering and how I've sort of become where I am where I am today and being a director of maintain condition monitoring services um and how sort of like my journey sort of unraveled to where I am um the thing is I love reliability I'm 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 so passionate about this particular subject and I don't know what it is it's, it's really weird I've got this inner desire to be able to improve stuff and um what I love what I love about my work is um identifying a problem and seeing the change in readings when we go out and test again when the unit has either been repaired or replaced if you know what I mean and it just for me it gives me just sense of incredible satisfaction and it's kind of like a little bit of a high and you kind of chase that um, a little bit as well um, and what that sort of does to you is like you, you then become someone who's looking out for ways to improve stuff and then you're looking at new technologies and you're thinking oh, okay well what can this add to the customers that I've got what can this certain product or service do and how can we add a little bit more value and it, it kind of becomes not a game but more of a like 
a way of being and a way of working, like a philosophy, like a reliability philosophy in terms of like approaching work, if you know what I mean. So that's enough about that. Let's let's give you an introduction to who I am and where I came from. So and how I, how I got into work. So my name is Will Bauer. Um, a lot of you may know me from LinkedIn. I've been posting um, a lot of sort of like work scenarios where we've been in and we've done some good work for some customers that we've that we're working for in terms of reliability and post of how our condition monitoring techniques and our vibration analysis techniques have really helped our customers. But um, I think vibration analysis and condition monitoring is is something like, is it is still, I still think it's very niche. Um, it's not a, a widely known uh, practice um, within the engineering sector. So if you look at the engineering sector as a whole, you know, condition monitoring is a very small part, you know, a very small avenue. Not many engineers out there do this um, in terms of the whole makeup of engineering, I feel. And um, it's kind of weird how I got involved with all this because, like, before I even, like, knew it existed, I didn't know what it was, you know what I mean? So, um, first off, I'm, I'm, I've always been intrigued about how the world works. I've always really been sort of, like, questioning, like, how does that work? How does this work? And I think engineering was always, for me, something I was interested in because I knew if I if I got involved with engineering at a young age, I'd, I'd then be exposed to areas where I could actually learn more about the world and science. And it just intrigues me. Do you know what I mean? Like every single night I'd look up at the stars and I'd just think it's just how beautiful the world is, how vast it is and how I just, I was just so curious, I think, as 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 a younger person. Like, and I think engineering was a great outlet for me to understand and learn about the world a little bit as well. So that's where it drew me in. And, and, and at first, basically from school, I looked to go to my local college, which is Norwich City College, and see what engineering courses they had. And um, I enrolled on an OND in electrical and electronic engineering. And I really thoroughly enjoyed the first couple of years. Um, which was great. And at the time I had a part-time job and, you know, I was working sort of on the side, but I was really enjoying college and I, I really enjoyed like the freedom as well. And I, I loved that I could research and get involved with something that I liked rather than having to do subjects and like different, you know, at school, I didn't like some subject and I, I didn't see the point in, in, in learning something that I wasn't going to take further. Do you know what I mean? So like at college, when we got involved with engineering, you were doing predominantly everything you was interested in, which changed it for me. Like, so I really enjoyed the first two years. And luckily after that, I got um, a trainee uh, scheme with a company called Eric's um, and they sent me on day release to do the HND, which was great because at the time I could still work full time. I could still do higher education because I always wanted to learn more. Do you know what I mean? I was always in that place where I want to learn. So um, it was great for me to actually do that because I could gain higher education qualifications and I could get experience as well, which was great because like working at Eric's exposed me to so many more scenarios in terms of experience. You know what I mean? So, I mean, for me, it was perfect set up. Um, and within Eric's, my first actual job was an armature winder. So, um, armature winder is a motor rewinder so we take the copper out of the motors and we'd rewind it um, for you know defective motors uh, motors that being burnt out and it was a repair shop initially um, and as well uh, learning that concept was such an eye-opener for me because it, it sort of introduced me to how three-phase theory worked it introduced me how to a, how a motor worked and it really did sort of prime me to do this job because I think any condition monitoring engineer knows that if you you know, we, we are analysing data, but 
you need to understand what the makeup of the, me of the mechanical side is and what failure mode actually is. And working in a workshop environment, we used to see a lot of motors come in with bearing defects or you know, burnout windings. And we, we would understand what failure mode was and we'd understand like what the implication of that failure would cause, which was catastrophic failure. And some of the failures that we get that would have like, for example, core drag from a bearing defect, we're just you know, astronomically damaging, you know what I mean, to, you know, the process of repairing it. And it would take a long time to be able to sort out a core drag or sometimes it would be, would mean the motor would need to be scrapped completely, which, you know, um, in terms of cost would be very detrimental to the customer. So like we was, you know, I was experiencing the back end of failure. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, look, it's failed, it's coming. Um, this is this is how bad it is, which I think for me was really sort of important now looking back on it, you know, at the time we probably didn't see the value in that, do you know what I mean, in terms of understanding what failure was and seeing it firsthand. But um, as well, when I was sort of winding for a couple of years, I got really good at winding, I really enjoyed it, but I was itching to do something a little bit different. Um, we got involved with fitting and doing sort of bearing changes on site and stuff like that, which was great. Great experience, you know, and I started doing a little bit more fitting work and understanding how the mechanical makeups of how to install bearings and, as well, like how, you know, like a poorly installed bearing would cause damage and how important it was. So, you know, to be honest, I've got to give my hats off to Eric's in my first initial years. I learned a lot there and I had some great mentors uh, moving forward. And, and how I got involved with condition monitoring was there was a job that came up within that sector. So, do you know what? I just thought, oh, God, that, that sounds interesting. Didn't really know what it was at first, but um, I went for it. And um, luckily within the region that I was in, the, the demand was there and um, I got a job doing condition monitoring um, techniques and the, the main primary um, like service was vibration analysis. And um, I had a great mentor, uh, Eric, who taught me a lot actually in terms of like, you know, the, the first initial stages, I did get chucked in the deep end a bit, but I liked that. I really did and I, I really embraced it. And within a couple of years, uh, grew the business astronomically, probably quicker than what they um, could potentially offer me in terms of back of back in value um and at the time I was probably I was a bit annoyed if I was if I'm honest you know um I couldn't sort of progress and when I got to that stage where I hit the ceiling there was nothing really forward for me and I think when that happened I just lost the desire do you know what I mean because it was like I couldn't grow what I wanted to grow anymore, do you know what I mean? And it and it, and it quickly come to me that I needed to start something myself because I had so much passion for this, but I, there was no outlet to express it within the company I was in, which no disrespect to the company. But, um, you know, it was like I needed to be able to broaden my horizons. I think for me, I've always been destined for having my own company and something that I can work towards and build. So that was sort of like the next aim for me really was like, right, okay, this is what I need to do now. Um, and I took the, I took the plunge, you know, I took the plunge and I, you know, I jumped head first and do you know what the first year was, you know, from maintain was, it was, was hard. You know, we, we come out into an industry where we don't know many people, do you know what I mean? And it was, it was all very new to me in terms of how to, to do business. I mean, I knew what, what we could do in terms of a service. I knew we could provide great value because, um, I had all the ideas, you know, I had great ideas. And I think, when you work by yourself as well, you can actually implement them. There's no sort of restrictions to what you can and can't do. So, you know, we did invest heavily, you know, initially in some great vibration um, software, you know. So we use Proof Setnik um, Vib Expert 2 and Omnitrend software, which is incredibly, 
incredibly, incredibly like advanced in terms of understanding how to use complex systems and how to set databases up where we can measure bearing defect information, you know, with the right filtering ranges. And it gives you the the gives you the range to be able to play with that that software a lot in terms of take your own specific readings and it really does allow you to, you know, cater to your customers in terms of their machinery and depending on what running speeds there are and stuff like that. So, you know, I knew that I could add a lot of value and I had always had the faith that we could do great work. So the first year was a little bit difficult. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the easiest of years. But the second year, we started to gain a lot of traction and starting to get some great customers on board. And um, after that, it's just been crazy. If, if anything, it's just the work then starts to attract to you a little bit when you start putting your you know, services out there a little bit and you start meeting people within the industry. And when you start having some case studies as well, you know, some proven work, it really does then start to help. But, you know, even your confidence grows after that when you start to find bearings and you start to pull them out and the defects are, are you know, you see the defects and you see the problems you've and you've caught them before they've failed. It really gives you that confidence boost to be able to, to you know, push the services more. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, up until this point now, um, we've been incredibly busy and we're, we're now growing again. Um, I've got actually someone coming on board real soon as well, which is some really exciting news um, as well for the first step in our like next evolution of our company. And as well, we've got um, a great marketing. Um, we've got Christy on, on marketing as well, which is, you know, helping out massively, like revamp the websites and like, you know, to be honest, at first when it's just you, you kind of do everything. And it's hard because I'm not a website designer. I'm no means a marketer. I'm a vibration analysis engineer and I love and I'm passionate about what I do. But at the same time, you need help in terms of like going to the next stage because you can't you can't do it all. Do you know what I mean? Because there's areas where I'm not great. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I need to be able to outsource that a little bit to people that can do that better than me in, in terms of display my passion in a digital way. Um, you know what I mean? Out there to the industry that there is. So um, yeah, that is basically, basically a, a roundup of like uh, introduction to who I am um, and sort of what the company do in terms of services. We provide vibration analysis, thermal imaging, uh, ultrasound, lubrication services, oil sampling, um, laser alignment, and we do um, some site services we're getting involved with now as well, is, which is great. So we can actually go in, detect the issue. Um, we can then resolve it and test again, which is great, which allows us to go from start to the finish line. Do you know what I mean? In terms of understanding where the problem is to having providing solution and then retesting to say, right, here is what we were before. Here is where we are after. This is how much cost, you know, avoidance that you've, you know, benefited from from doing this service and here is the data and evidence to back up what we've done. And I think that's for me, that's always where I want to push um, the business in terms of where we're going as well. So thank you everybody. I'm not going to keep this one quite nice and short. There's going to be plenty more content to come and hopefully I can get some great reliability guys and experts within the field to come have a chat with me and share their knowledge and wealth on, on, on the matters as well. Um, who is this podcast for? I would say this podcast is for if you're a maintenance if you're in engineering, um, if you're just generally interested in reliability, really, and if you're an engineering manager, this is great, great as well, because there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom, I'm sure that's going to be able to be passed through this. And um, yeah, if, if you're generally interested in engineering as well, because we'll be covering a lot of different subjects and a lot of different, um, you know, different criteria within the electromechanical world and the reliability world. So 
Thank you very much, guys, for listening. I hope I've not talked too much. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. But thank you very much for listening for the first episode. Please keep your ear out for for further episodes as well. And please follow us on you know socials, uh, LinkedIn, Maintain CM, um, same as uh, Instagram, Maintain CM, or Twitter, Maintain CM as well. So yeah, please follow us as well. We're going to start to put more social content out a little bit now. We've got someone looking after the marketing side of things, which is great. Which I can start to push that out there a little bit as well. And um, yeah, I hope you guys have a really productive week. Thank you guys for listening. Take care.